welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 85. Yeah. Got it 100% right. Yeah. I even like when you were going to say you got 100% right. You almost said wrong because you're not sure. No, no. Even I, still. No, 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 no. That, that's just how it's done. Now, the thing is, we had we have a little, we had some switch ups and, you know, we adapted and uh, we had some awesome guests. Our last interview was so quick, ship quick. Yeah. So that was a great time. And uh, we're always looking forward. We always, you know, say, let us know. You know, we always appreciate if there's somebody out there that we haven't had on or that we don't know that are real relevant resellers, let us know because we love having them on the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, even you, if you want to be on the podcast, shoot us over a, a, a phone call or something, you know, call our number, let us know your story. And, you know, we want to, the, the idea behind this is we want to, um, you know, spread as much knowledge as we can in the community. So we'd love to. We'd love to hear from more and more people. Yeah. Now, there's no guarantees. Yeah. No, I can't but say. We, we always happen, but. we love hearing from other people, and and over time, you know, we want to make sure we have all kinds of people. We want to have you know the YouTubers, right? Because there's a reason why they have a following and and people watch. It's because they've shared a lot of knowledge, and we want to learn from them and want to you know put them on the podcast. And then we also want to hear from those real relevant resellers that aren't on YouTube or they're starting up YouTube, but. They've been at the game for a while. And then there's those that, you know, sometimes drop some knowledge in the comments and we're like, hey, yeah. you know, it seems like you really know what you're doing. Like, maybe it's time. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I could say anything right now. You would say yes. No. No. Okay. See? Right <laughs> All right. There. there you go. Boom. Proved you Pro- wrong. Proved me wrong. All right. Hey, so. Last episode, uh, we kind of, we went into, you know, sourcing for Q4 and outlets. We kind of went, you know, a little bit off because we wanted to help people. And and it, we found that a lot of individuals didn't think of some of the things. So we we're like, hey, glad we did that. But we wanted to come back to don't make time your enemy. And this is part two. Part two. And today we're talking about tools. So we could also call this episode tools of the trade or something like that. Right? Something like that. And again, this is what we use. And if there's something better, let us know in the comments. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm I'm always hesitant about new tools. Unless Mike might be almost perfect, but Orlando definitely isn't. So no, that's OK. Just I, kidding. I'm just authentic. I'm 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 the furthest thing from perfect. I'm still I'm still trying to figure out how to list something on eBay. Not that bad. But, you know, we're we're all still learning. Doesn't take much to list on eBay, does it? Yeah, it's not too bad. Okay. No, because I you hear people all the time. Like, it's so much easier on this platform. It is easier on other platforms. Is it's it? more intuitive for sure. Is it maybe just because I'm native to eBay? Yeah. yeah it's know? like it's like if you give me like a old Windows computer, you know, I can figure it out no problem. Now, if you were to give like a, a kid an old school Windows, like, you know, XP computer, it's not going to make as much sense to them as, you know, whatever Mac is using. If you give anybody a Windows Chromebook. computer over a Mac, it doesn't make much sense. Right. It's just more saying. intuitive. Yeah. Now, is it better? Definitely not. But is it more intuitive <laughs> for the beginner who doesn't want to dig deep into all of these other options and extra stuff? Yeah. So, and that's kind of like eBay. eBay is, is a little more old school, uh, but it has its reasons for being that way. So, yeah. I don't know if little more old school. I will say there are parts that are old school, but I did remember the VP. What did he tell us? They know about it. They're just like, eh, they have more important things to worry about. Yeah, but that was talking about like specific pages that haven't been updated on YouTube for that long. But even just the whole platform, like you meant eBay. Yeah, what did I say? YouTube. Oh, did I? Anyways, the 
there might be pages on there that are that are old, but the whole platform on eBay is is kind of an old, archaic system. I mean, now with the way almost everything is just phones, eBay works for phones, but it's more, most of its tools are on the computer, right? Uh, even the structure with the uh, with the uh, stores, right, and having to pay for a subscription for a store, and they're the only platform that's doing that. So it's it is there's they've got their model, they haven't adapted. And there's these new, and like we've talked about a couple episodes ago, almost the social media blend of reselling. And will that be what sticks? I don't know, but it's definitely what's new and hot right now. It just doesn't pay my bills. That's true. That's all I'm saying. eBay pays my bills. And Amazon does, but Amazon is kind of, I don't know. I'm just trying to still figure out Amazon. Well, and Amazon too, it's, it's, I would say the Amazon interface is not user-friendly to be like... Oh, Amazon is worse than eBay. Well, and the reason why... the app, the app is terrible. Well, and I think the reason why for that is is it is a more business-focused platform, right? Whereas when you look at something like Poshmark, when you look at something like Mercari, can people make a living doing that? Yeah, but it's not meant for big businesses with warehouses running like all of this stuff, right? Whereas eBay, Amazon, it makes sense. I mean, you look at any company that's got lots of software and IT stuff, the IT department and what's going on in the software, they're running like a very unuser-friendly Linux platform, right? Because, I know, that is true. Because but- it allows for more options. But when you want like just the average everyday seller, and I think that might be one of the downfalls of eBay is when you're trying to to gather the new Generation Z in, if it's not the most user-friendly thing, ah, you know? You know, my question is though, who has the more money? Who has more money? Is it the Generation Z? Is it the millennials? Is it the boomers? Is it the Gen Xers? Because I'm not really concerned about which one. I'm concerned about which one will pay the higher price for the items I'm selling. Yeah. And, and that's I think, what I'm concerned I, about. I think that's good for short term like goals, which you need. You need to be able to make money in the short term in order to survive today. Right. But I think, you know, you always mention Gary Vee. And one of the things that he's like very big on is the reason you go to these social media platforms that seem like they're silly and goofy and it's just kids on it is the kids today, 20 years from now are going to be your, your top customers. Right. No, so, I get that. I get that. So I just long term. I hear I'm con- I always hear like eBay's old eBay's antiquated eBay doesn't reach out to this. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's all that might, they may be true, but ultimately all the highest sales I get are consistently eBay and I can tell anything on eBay and I don't work for eBay. I'm just saying, you know, everybody gets on these like, oh, this and this and this. But I'm like, hey, if you want to make money, your two choices. And now there are some awesome Poshmark sellers out there that go are full time and they're killing it on Poshmark. But I will tell you, it's a small number in comparison to the major Amazon and the major eBay sellers. So but hey, one thing is, though, I know this, we're so off topic right now. Amazon, it's funny. They have so much money. But you're right. Like when I think about their app or I think like they should have the best, like the best scanning, the best everything, right? It relates with our tools because I end up having to go third party to get together inventory for Amazon because the interface is a lot better mm-hmm. than Amazon's own, own interface. Which yeah. Is kind well, of sad. Well, and that's because they're, they're concerned about the customer buying on Amazon more than they are about third party sellers who aren't like, if you think of we often say like majority or a good portion of sales on Amazon or third-party sellers. 58%. But 58%, how much of that is private label? It's probably majority. Yeah. 
And, and then, but Amazon likes a private label because they like to take from their private. No, label. no, that's true. <laughs> what I'm saying is the the number like they're not so concerned about making Orlando's life easier, right? That is, like, oh, that's, that's not where they're putting their money. Whereas platforms like, I don't think anyone. I think none of them should be. I think it should all be customer driven. Right, but the 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 reason and, and this blend of like social media and selling is they want to create ecosystems, an ecosystem like Poshmark and an ecosystem like Mercari or even Facebook Marketplace, right? Like people are, mm -hmm. they're on there and they're not just buyers, but they're also sellers. And I think that's what we've lost with eBay is I don't know very many people who sell on eBay. Whereas if you are a, and we saw that with the Poshmark, if you are a Poshmark buyer, you probably also sell some stuff on Poshmark. So it's like the complete well-rounded person. And that's what they want. They want, they want to make money on both ends of the transaction. Yeah. So, I don't know. So cool. So tools. What <laughs> so do we got? Tools. All right. So, hey, I thought we should cover three areas. I thought we would talk about tools. And again, this is about saving time. Okay. It's not about necessarily the best. And one thing I do want to have a little disclaimer is that we're not suggesting that you have to drop money to make money. You could start off very inexpensive and not have some of these tools and it'll cost you more time, but sometimes you have more time than you have money. Right. All right. Especially when you're starting, especially when you're part time. But as it starts building, you begin to get an urgency or a sense that, you know what? I need to make things faster. I need to be more efficient. So want to throw that out there. Uh, we will have a link on the bottom that has, you know, all that we use. And if it's on there in our links, that means we actually use it. We're not just telling you that so we can make our 30 cents off each item on affiliate link. <laughs> we're just, we're doing that because, hey, this is actually what helps us and actually what we use. So we're going to talk about sourcing. We're going to talk about helping us in listing. And we're going to talk about in shipping, which we kind of did a little ship tips a little bit ago, but yeah. this is two, three pointer or something like that. Yeah. And, and part of being relevant is constantly bringing up because things change and, uh, and, you know, people often need to be reminded of things more often than they need to be taught things. So. Yeah, I agree with that. You know? 100%. Yeah. All right. So sourcing. Has your sourcing speed or efficiency improved since you started a year ago? Oh, yeah. Okay. So tell me, tell me how. Is it, is it just what you know? Have tools been a, have been a part of it or what, what's, what's made it better? Yes. Okay. This is a podcast, Michael. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no, it's true. Like, a little bit of both. I would say the number one tool you have, and this is super cliche and, and silly and goofy. So if you want to play some dumb emotional music in the background or something, but the number one tool you have is your brain, right? So I know it's cheesy, but it, it's kind of true. Mm -hmm. You're going to get faster the more you know. We were just talking about that before we started recording. You were at garage sales today and you were talking about picking stuff up that you didn't even have to research because mm -hmm. you know it, right? And same thing for me. I know far fewer items than you know. I know, you know, I, I don't know as much, but I don't have to spend as much time in garage sales. I mean, when I first went to went to garage sales, it was almost every item, right? Picking up everything. When I first went into thrift store, same thing. Now I might be missing some stuff because I'm not, I'm not as naive and I'm not researching stuff, but I can go quick and I could see like money that can make money. That might make a little money, no money, no money, no money, no money, money, right? And so that's that's part of it. And part of that, I could say I, I use tools for that. And some of the tools I use was social media. Um computers, watching YouTube videos, and just research on my own on, on eBay. So one of the tools that you can use is use your time and research niches, research, you know, stuff before you even get out there. But I want to get more practical. I'm talking about a phone. 
I know this is basic, but I think what if there's any money I would say that you spend top dollar on when it comes to reselling, I would think it'd be your phone. Yeah, I was especially if you're a part time person. And there's two reasons. One is if you're part time and you pick up an iPhone or you pick up, I don't know what the latest Android phone is. iPhone is pretty standard as an excellent camera, at least iPhone 8 and up. Now, there are some good Android phones, but the camera on there <laughs> will do the job. And on top of that, you don't want to have a slow phone, right? And you want to have a phone that has good service. And I know it sounds very basic, but sometimes we get caught on, hey, we're not going to get the best. And again, we have no links for phones at all. We're not going to make any money. But it reminds me of back in the day when the iPhone came out, Samsung came out with the equivalent to the iPhone, and it was the Instinct. If you guys remember that from the late 2000s, the Instinct, it was terrible, terrible. So you never knew how good the iPhone was until you finally had the iPhone in your hands. Right. And so it's same thing with reselling. I've had before I had different phones. I had phones that the cameras were okay. And what I ended up having to do is get software to make my pictures better when I listed them. Had I just dropped extra money and yeah, it, it is costly. It's not cheap and gotten a better phone, like an iPhone or a top tier Android phone. I would have saved myself hours of editing pictures especially with clothing, especially if you know you don't have the money for the big lights. Phones can definitely revolutionize your eBay business. Yeah. And let me give my suggestion on this. So the phone market really is, is kind of a scam and, and phones are great and we I need agree. them. Um, but when you go buy a brand new phone, it's like buying, and I know there's people who love new cars, but when, it's like buying a new car. It depreciates, the value depreciates the moment you turn it on and walk out of the store with mm -hmm. it. It's just, it's unbelievable. And as much as I've learned over the years that like buying used cars, being smart about it um, and making sure you're vetting the cars, but how much money you save in the long run. And even if it's like, okay, you got to put a little bit of maintenance into it, you still come out way, way ahead. The same thing is true with phones. So my wife and I just recently, well, my wife a while ago, almost a year ago now, upgraded her phone and I upgraded mine just recently. And we got hers on Amazon, mine on eBay, refurbished phones about one generation old. So mm -hmm. not not the newest generation, but like one old, which was still like two to three generations higher than we were at. And the difference was amazing. And the price, incredible, right? Like we're talking, you buy a brand new iPhone and you're paying, you know, over a thousand dollars, I don't know, 1100 bucks, something stupid like hey, that. iPhone right? 11 right now. Is that, how much do those It's cost? over a thousand. It's crazy, right? So I bought my phone, which is the top tier Android, and she got her... Um, iPhone, I don't know what it is, 10 something, like really close to like the newest one. And hers, she got for, I don't know, three or $400. Mine is about the same. And they were factory refurbished or refurbished by a company that like knew what they were doing. So new batteries, new everything. And it's like a brand new phone, like incredible, super fast. And we're saving like 70% on the price. And that goes back to when we talked to uh, Latin pickers, right? Like mm -hmm. one of their things was always buy used. And you know, do what's best for you. And a lot of times people get in this idea of like, well, I can get a contract if I, I can get another three-year contract and, and I'm only paying $60 a month for this phone. Yeah, well, if you can get a brand new phone or basically a brand new phone for $400 and you're not stuck in a three-year contract, which you're going to end up ending a year and a half early anyway, so you can get the next newest one that comes out, you know, that's the way to go. So you can get a great phone with a good camera and nice speed 
without having to break the bank and, and spend a ton of money. Agreed. Now, obviously, if you trade in your iPhone, you can get the iPhone 11 for cheaper. Right. And I'm looking right now, if you trade it in, it's four to 700. It just depends on your plan and so on. But, but that's the thing though. You never, when you do it that way, you never own your phone. No, I agree. The thing, times, remember you used to be able to get free phones, right? If you sign up for a plan yeah. and that's changed. Now everything's like lease, but I agree with you. I, I am a big fan. Like for instance, my phone right now is an iPhone eight plus and it does a phenomenal job. It gets the job done. Now I have seen other people use the iPhone 11 and the pictures are amazing, like even far better than the iPhone eight plus. But again, I'm not going to buy an iPhone 11 till a year from now. No. I'm going to give it some time. And it's just, again, you're right. Like you see it all the time and no one knows all the issues with a phone when you first get, when it first gets released, like all these glitches begin to happen. Right. So I always like waiting a year because by then the glitches are pretty much figured out. But are you out. buying new when you buy your phones or do you buy refurbished? I'll buy refurbished. Buy refurbished. Yeah. It's really nice. And, and I get like, there's reasons why people might not, you, you can get burned with that. Right. But you can get burned buying a new phone too. And a lot of places that are refurbished, they're going to be some kind of warranty. They're going to back up their product. Um, especially like, you know, I bought mine off of eBay from a seller with great, you know, ranking and I know how eBay works. So if I got the phone and it didn't work, they're going to accept it back. Right. Like mm -hmm. they care about their, their, you know, business, they care about their, their score. So I felt pretty confident doing that. But like, I'll just explain like how crazy my phone was, my wife. So my wife used to list on her phone. She could get about six listings done on her phone before her battery got so hot that it would burn her hand and her phone would literally just stop oh working. Goodness. Like, yeah, she'd, she'd be like seven listings in and be like, well, I've got time. I could list right now. But, you know, I guess I got to wait for my phone to restart and cool off. Right. And so we were like, time to get a new phone. And with my phone, the battery was so bad. And my phone was like four or five years old. Um, and the camera was a little scratched, so we didn't like using it for pictures. So we always used hers. But my phone, I had to have it charged, like plugged in all the time. So I would have it plugged in driving to a to the next garage sale. I'd jump out. I'd unplug it. I would take, you know, maybe research a couple items. By the time I got back to the car, the phone would almost be dead. Like it would go from 100% down to 0% in like 20 minutes. Well, and that's what I mean. When when you're outsourcing, right? If you If you begin to take your business or your side hustle, or your hobby more seriously, you want to use the most effective tool that's going to save you time, right? So if you're outsourcing and you're on a phone that the battery quickly dies and you have to get a battery pack for it, then maybe it's time to reevaluate that. If you can use it for pictures or listing, then that's something else you got to think about. It should possibly be one of the first investments you make once you make a good amount of money from reselling. I'm not saying go into debt. We're completely opposed to debt. But if it's something that you can pay yourself, which ultimately will make your business thrive, 100% believe you should move forward with it. Yeah. And I think re realistically, probably most of our listeners already have a, a, a newer phone, right? Because I feel like most mm -hmm. people do. Because there's kind of this, it's just expected when a new phone comes out. Maybe you don't get it right away, but, but people tend to keep their phones newer. My suggestion, especially if you're tight on money, is... Make your phone last as long as you can. Wait till you actually own it. Instead of just trading it in for another lease that you're going to be stuck in and then with an old phone that doesn't work super well, sell it on eBay and get a refurbished one. That unless works. unless you're just miserable sourcing. Yeah. Unless you're not able to get the job done efficiently, then I would say... Yeah, you got to find that sweet spot. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you have to. But again, you know, before I ever got an iPhone, I had an HTC. It was terrible. Yeah, just terrible. Right. But it was supposedly one of the top Androids when it came out. All right. Let's move on from there. 
Other thing is uh, battery chargers. Do you ever use those when you're outsourcing? No. Um, Hugo and Tiffany from So Quick Ship Quick were talking about it last week. They use it all the time. You know, I, I used to keep a battery pack with me with my old phone because it wouldn't last. Um, it, the thing is, they wouldn't it wouldn't put enough power and it was so awkward to carry um, that I didn't do it very often. But there were times where I needed to because I'll give you an example. One day, my son goes down for his nap. He wakes up from his nap and I'm like ready to go. Like, all right, we're going to go sourcing. As soon as yeah. he gets up, he gets up. I'm packed. I'm ready to go grab my phone. And it's at like 20%, which I know is like five minutes. I'm not going to be able to source five with it. Minutes? Yeah. Wow. And so I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. Right. And so I had to charge my phone. It took like 45 minutes for it to be charged up enough where I felt comfortable going to a thrift store or two. And by that point, it's like, well, there, there went that time. Right. So it would have yeah. been nice to have had a battery pack. I had one, but the battery pack wasn't charged. So it's good to have that backup when you need it. Uh, but you know, with newer phones, the batteries are pretty good. Like you don't always need it. No, I agree. I mean, myself, I have my iPhone and I never, I mean, even when I go sourcing, you know, 12 hour days now I do have a charge, you know, I charge in my car in between stops. So that's probably why. But, you know, if you do have a phone that tends to do that, you don't want to be stuck like Mike. And again, we're talking about not making time your enemy, right? And using that time effectively. Other thing is with batteries is, do you ever have batteries in your car to test out items? When yeah. Out and about? Yeah, I've started to do that. I've kept just like in my glove box, uh, just the popular ones, right? I probably should have like a full like emergency kit of batteries. I had to, you know, the other day I was listing Department 56 stuff and I'm all pumped. I'm like, I got to sell these for Halloween. But you know, I'm gonna list tonight after the podcast. I have like six more items that I have to list. Time's taken. And I look and they needed C batteries. Who yeah. uses C batteries yeah. anymore? That's like that's that was usually that's usually like kids' toys. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like Christmas, you're like, yay! Oh, wait. We need C. We need C batteries and every place is closed except for the Albertsons up the street, which charges five dollars for a two-pack. That's pretty cheap. <laughs> I feel like they charge more than that. Well, Walgreens baby charges. Uh, no, I get it, but again, right? Scarcity. Yep. Christmas morning, who's open? But hey, maybe we should do that. We should like open up a booth, like like you know, how people will sell like avocados on the side of the road or oh whatever fruits, flowers near Mother's Day. We'll just have a battery booth, right? You know what? Christmas in day. Town we're Christmas in, morning. we could probably make it happen. And could be like batteries. Get your batteries for your toys. Um. Baterias, baterias. And stop by the cars in the traffic. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Wow, what what an entrepreneur you are, Mike. We should do it, man. No, I don't want to give up Christmas morning. I don't know, but I'm old school. So Latinos, we we celebrate Christmas Eve. So by the morning, it's like, eh. There you go. Well, so I, I expect to see you out on some the money. street. I expect to see you out on the street hustling some batteries. I, yeah, That'll I'm be glad, your hustle glad, of the week. I'm glad like, you I added mean, hustling some batteries instead of like to see you out in the street. Yeah, I don't want to see you out on the street, but I do want to see you out on the street hustling batteries because that'll be your hustle of the week. Like that'll be our Instagram story Christmas Day. Yeah, always hustling. Always <laughs> hustling. All right. Now the other thing, this is a new one, and this has been a recent development for me in the last month. And actually, Mike got one of these before I did, and it's a scanner. Now. I've changed a lot in the last few weeks, and thanks a lot to Latin Pickers. I told Latin Pickers they should have had affiliate links because I've bought so much from their recommendation, but it definitely has changed my time. So scanners. Now, you have a KDC scanner, right? Yeah. Okay. So I got an Opticon. I, you know, I was watching some YouTube, and most people were saying 
they really like their device. But it, what it sounded is like you will end up liking the device that you buy. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you get used to it and you're like, this is the best. Yep. So I got an Opticon and then I used several different apps to scan items. And there's two things that are awesome about these apps. Number one, they do save you time, right? Because they're scanning really fast. But they also save you time because they give you data really fast. Yeah. So if I'm scanning with the Amazon Seller app, which I also use Amazon Seller app when I do Insta stories, just because not everybody has those apps and it's easier to understand mm -hmm. the Amazon Seller app. But when I look at this, it tells me exactly what my amount is. And the reason is because in these apps, whether it be Scout IQ, Scoutly, Scoutify, Profit Bandit, whatever it is, you can break down like charges, like how much it costs per item that you send to the warehouse. Well, even better than that. So like that, that data is, is beyond useful, but you can also download databases. Correct. That and, was the next thing I was yeah. going to talk about. So you have two things. So one, you get an automatic, like, this is how much money I'm going to make on this item. So instead of sitting there trying to do the math in your head, you're just listening for that sound, right? You set those triggers and that saves you so much time, especially when you're trying to be ready for Q4, which is about now, which you should already have been scanning. But if you haven't been, now you can scan everything in the store. You get an idea really quick. Not really quick. It'll take some time. But a lot faster than you would have by just going with the Amazon seller app. You know, and then we're going to talk about database. Yeah. So the nice thing, too, and, and here's the, it kind of leads into the setup that I was using. And I maybe I need to go back to it because I still have my scanner. Um, I don't have the subscription to the Scout IQ anymore, but as we're moving into Q4, my wife's home now. Uh, we might we might take Amazon a little more seriously, so we'll see. Okay. But um, so I took one of my old phones. So going back to the idea of of owning your phones, so I took a phone that I had bought, owned, never traded in, but still works. Like it's a decent phone. It's just old, so I would never use it for anything. But as a computing device, it's powerful. Like to think like how much it can actually do. But I don't have cell service on it. Right. So I download the database on there and I took a piece of like sticky Velcro to the back of the phone and then a sticky Velcro to the back of my scanner and I stuck mm -hmm. them together. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's all one thing. So I'm holding my phone and I've got my screen and the scanner is on the bottom of my phone. And so I just push the button. Yeah. And some so, people have it on their arm. Their arm. Yeah. Yours like really. So quick. it's all connected in my yeah, hand. Yeah. And so I could, it's basically like I push the button, I'm holding the phone. And it's almost like hitting the volume button on your phone. It's just like a little different location. And every time I do that, I'm scanning an item and I'm getting the printout. And when you have it, the database downloaded, what it does is it downloads whatever field you want to be looking into. So you could do like all books or you can do like toys or whatever it is you're going to be going and scanning. And it takes a snapshot of what they're currently selling for on Amazon. And it downloads all of that information onto the phone itself. So you can be in absolutely zero cell signal. You can have no Wi-Fi just the phone and the scanner, and you're getting instant information. Now, if you do not have that downloaded, so even if you have Scout IQ and you don't have, haven't downloaded that database, it still has to go now search, find out what the prices are for Amazon, and you're talking like maybe a second per scan extra mm -hmm. added, which might not seem like a lot, but when you click it, if it's instant, here's how much you can make, here's how much you can make as opposed to hit, wait for the little circle to go around, oh, here's how much you can make. Or you have to go to your car, Right. If you're brand new and mm -hmm. you kind of don't know and you want to know, like you end up having to find that sweet spot in the store where there's some signal. Yeah. Right. Which is miserable. And there's some places where like there's so much concrete in the building that there's just no signal. There's yeah. None. At all. At all. And so, again, you lose a lot of time because you're going through the store going, OK, I'm at 3G. OK, LTE. And oh, here's 5G. Which, no. But 
you know, you keep looking, you keep looking. And I've had that happen before where spent all this time. And the last time you want this to happen is during Black Friday, which Black Friday, you probably should have already an idea of everything you're going to source. But just in case you come across something, you don't want to lose that time because every single second counts, even the scanning second. Yep. Right. And, you know, yes, do, during Q4, there is major fluctuations on such items. Let's say Amazon gets a item in, like it could instantly tank the price. But chances are when things are not as crazy, like that database is pretty solid. Yeah. Well, and you're going to have to to refresh that database every, I would say every day. But mm -hmm. even still, like if you go and you buy an item based off of its current prices, by the time you get that put in a box and shipped to the warehouse, that price is going to fluctuate anyways. Oh, right? so, yeah. so you're looking at like an hour difference in the long run. And I kind of look at that like some people like go so fast on the road, they'll fly and they want to like run red lights. And when you think about it or go who, like, who does that? Well, most people, right? I guess. I don't know. I'm like a hardcore safe driver. I always follow the speed limit. I'm not, why am I not surprised? Yeah. So I'm all like, if it's a 70, I'm driving 70. I'll go a couple miles over, but like, you know, I, I drive safely. Yeah. Well, so some people are driving 85 miles on the road on a 65 mile section. But if you do the math and the distance you're going, like you might get to where you're going like three minutes. No, early. it doesn't save you time. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So you're using a ton of gas. You get there three minutes early. You're swerving. People are getting angry. And it's like, if you'd have Mike's left Mike's blowing house, kisses from the car. <laughs> if you guys have listened to our previous podcast. Yeah. But if you'd have left like three minutes earlier, you could have just drove the speed limit and you've been the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I kind of look at it like that. Like, like you're saving, like if you're, if you're worried about the fact that you're not getting the this was the information when I downloaded at 7 a.m. And now it's like noon when I'm buying this and it might not be accurate. Well, it might not be 100% accurate. But even if you're getting accurate information at noon, by the time you ship it that night, you're still going to have a different price, right? Like there's still going to be a little bit of a, a gap that you're not going to have accurate information before it gets to the warehouse. You can't just say like, oh, wait, never mind. I want to unbuy that now that it's in the UPS truck, right? No, I get it. I get it. But again, it's it's one of those things, all that we're mentioning is to save you time, right? So whether it's the battery charger, batteries, having a faster phone, having a scanner, the hope is that you use time to your advantage instead of your disadvantage. Now, let's talk a little bit about listing. And we're talking about both eBay and Amazon. So I, I brought this up because this is kind of not, well, it is listing, but I wanted to talk about a light box. Because I will tell you, a light box is one of those things that I was really Scrooge McDuck about for a long time, mm. right? In the sense that, yes, I was happy with my two foam, bo foam boards with from the dollar store and my white vinyl tablecloth on a table. And I think I just used, yeah, just normal room lighting. And it worked. So if you got to do it on a budget, $3 can make it happen. $3, but you need to have a good phone. Again, I keep going back to the, of all the tools. To me, the phone is the most essential. Now, you may disagree. I know some still use DSLR. Is that what you call them? That's a type of camera, yeah. Yeah. So, so use very high-end cameras, and you do get quality pictures. But again, if, if this is a part-time thing and you don't have access, your phone is your most powerful tool. Now, rewind back to what I was talking about. So for a long time, I would get, this, get these you know, phone boards and so on. And the pictures were okay. And guess what? I'd have to edit them and I have to make them better. And then I wouldn't be motivated because I'm like, oh, I got to get this set up. I got to yeah. get everything right. And then sometimes the whiteboard would get dirty. So I'd have to go to the dollar store or there's an issue or something tore. And then 
I was like, forget this. I'm going to get this light box. And I got the light box and it was a game changer. Yeah, light boxes are great because I do I do some videography. Um, I know very little. I don't do photography, um, but I know a lot about photography. So and the reason is because video and photography are very similar. They share a lot of similar qualities as far as, you know, you're looking at ISO and, and the light and the shutter speed and all of that stuff. It's the same. So I know a lot about it. And I know looking at video or doing photography, there's so much that goes involved, especially when you're looking at lighting, getting the right kind of background, getting there's so much. And so if you want to set up and get great pictures, there's a lot involved, which is why those photographers get paid a lot of money to have the big light set up and to have the right kinds of backgrounds and to flash at the right you know, settings and all of that. Light boxes are like the foolproof way of getting pretty much perfect pictures. Agreed. Like you don't have to, you don't need a light meter. You don't need to check. And if you're using a phone, it's going to automatically, the, the auto white balance is going to be pretty good. And you're going to get almost flawless pictures with very little know-how. You don't have to learn how the, you know, shutter speed works and how the white balance and ISO and all of that stuff. You can just plug it in take a picture and it's going to be pretty, pretty professional quality. Yeah. And I, what I found is I was more motivated once I had a light box, right? Because you automatically know your pictures are going to be just as good as some of the top sellers, right? Because pictures I'm telling you may I, to me, they are the number one thing that separate you from other sellers, right? I mean, yes, there's top rated seller. Yes. There's free returns. Yes. There's free shipping. But if you have a solid picture, and it's a nice white background and everything is lit really nice. You know, shoes, toys, you name it. People are going to pay attention. And, you know, what was it like? They're about 170, right? Yeah, like that. I think you can even probably get them cheaper than that. It's possible. It fluctuates back and forth. Yep. It depends what FBA seller selling them. We, yeah. we, can use, we use Amazon Basics uh, light box. But I'm telling you, it, you could crank out stuff so fast because all you have to do is plug it in. And you just put your items there and you just take pictures really yeah. quick, super fast. And then you put it away, just fold and neatly put it away somewhere. So you're not wasting time. Like, where'd I put this? what I do with this? Yeah. And That's I don't even fold saver. mine anymore. And I'm, I'm really big about space, but I've, I actually spent an, there's an old Instagram video where I took the inside part. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I ironed the uh, canvas. Oh, on yeah, the sure. I remember you sharing that. It made even more of a difference. So you get a better infinite background without there being like a shadow of a crease, which is the whole reason why you want a light box anyways, is you're getting rid of shadows. You don't want there to be any shadows. You want there to be anything that kind of gives any perspective other than the item itself. Mm -hmm. Now, when you fold it up, you know, you might get a couple, that crease will slowly come back and then you got to deal with ironing it. So I just keep it up and I just, that way I know that it's perfect. And man, the pictures, if you do it right and you set your white balance right, on your on your phone, it, which is it, really easy. You're just talking about scrolling up or down. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's just shedding your brightness. So yeah, if you set the brightness, you just make it a little bit brighter, and it's going to completely you know blank out any shadows in the background in the white, and it's going to give you that infinite white back. Now the only thing I would like to do is I want to play with even inside of a that box inside of that light box is trying different colors because I think and I know white is is the preferred. What eBay recommends and Google. Right. But when you're talking about taking a picture now, infinite white background is great for for Google and for that all of that stuff. If it's a cutout, right, when you actually cut that, the picture out. But that doesn't mean that they're taking that picture with a white background, because when you take a picture of the white background, it, in order to get the brightness right of that white background, certain color items are going to be washed out. The colors aren't going to look right. Hmm. So certain colors are going to look better with a 
with a slight red background or a black background or or you know maroon or something like that is going to actually give you better colors more true to the item itself okay i'm just you know now this our info right now might be completely obsolete in the next month or so because if ebay does do the automatic white backgrounds which i don't know they never give a timeline for it yeah and, and all that's doing is cutting out right so that yeah. cuts out the background and that that looks better because you can take a picture with any background that has the right reflection, right? You're not having to adjust the brightness in order to wash out the colors of the item. So that'd be great if they get that going. Um, it's not, it's not out yet, man. Well, no, it's in beta. I mean, a lot of people have it, but remember it's only the first image Yeah. and then not everybody has it yet. So hopefully now there are, there are items like photo fuse and other software that does that for you. I just, I don't use any of those, but here's the thing. Up until now, to me, especially now that we're getting a Q4, the investment of, you know, a hundred something dollars to capitalize on all the money that you can make through Q4, because the time that you'll save in just making these pictures that you never have to edit because they come up, you said flawless. I would say that's pretty accurate. It was definitely worth it. I, you know, in my experience, it my sales, I, I can't say, you know, I tracked every single sale. But I will tell you, I was able to get more money on items because they looked a lot better. And you're 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 you take more care of the items that you're listing because it also does point out the flaws. Yeah. And then the other thing, and I know it kind of goes against, I know Orlando's he definitely wants to promote the idea and and point back to what eBay has told us that they want white backgrounds, right? That that's gonna help you in their their search results, specifically on Google, which I don't know if I'm getting many sales off of Google search results, but maybe. But I think even on their own algorithm. Really? I do know though, like going back to when we talked to Hustle at Home Mom, there are a lot of people, even uh, Reezy Resells, he said the same thing, that sometimes when you're dealing with speed, and we're talking about making time your enemy, mm -hmm. that there are plenty of people who have a lot of success by just, they get an item, they have, they're using natural light outside, they've got an area and they just throw the item down, take the picture, take the picture, take the picture, move on, and they're not dealing with even setting up the light box, which is not very time consuming. But if you're out and about, and it no, I get it. Q4. I mean, there's stuff I would take pictures of right on the shelf in the store and it's sold instantly. I, I get it. But that's that's a very extreme scenario. I mean, that's like fingerling status of like three years ago scenario. So I get that. Those are good times. <laughs> Those bright, small window of good times. Okay. Everything after that fingerlings was not. Okay. All right. Now. I brought this up. I thought this was interesting. Actually, you mentioned Hustle at Home Mom. And she had mentioned Garage Sale 7. Do you know what that is? I don't. So it's listing software. Oh, that's right. I remember her talking about that. On a Mac. And I never had thought about that. But I looked at it and I don't use it. But it's something you guys can check out. But she had stated, if you check out our interview that we had with her, that she's able to list a lot faster than she can on eBay. Hmm. Right. And again, if there's items out there that help you, I would definitely recommend checking it out. The other item is, and this is a little different. This is on Amazon is, I know this is, I'm, I sound like such a newbie. I've been doing FBA for years, but I finally went to inventory lab and I'm telling you, it is such a game changer. I know we're going to have a comment in the, in the comment I know. that says something like, bro, do you even resell? I know, but you know, but that's the thing. We're real. So I'm not going to front. I'm not going to act like I have all my stuff together. Like I'm on a journey here. Like Mike is and everybody else. Do you even resell Orlando? <laughs> I, you know what? We can go down that road. I'm not going to go down that road. 
but here's the thing. What I had been doing for a long time worked and I thought it was efficient and I thought it was great. Now, were there moments where I'm like, this is a lot of work? Yeah. But, you know, you kind of get used to it and you just flow with it. Now, I've been using Inventory Lab and oh my goodness, the time that I save. Because what happens if you're you're using just the Amazon Seller Central to do it, you know, the only thing that I will say what I liked about that was that all the information I needed was, I would say, valid right away, right? Because the the problem we have with third-party stuff is that you may get inaccurate information. So I'll give you an example. On the scanning apps for Amazon, some of them don't tell you, I think all, all of them except for Profit Bandit don't tell you if items are restricted, right? So unless, now I could be wrong. If there, one of the other ones tell you, let me know. But to my knowledge, they don't. So if you know, you're doing major RA and that's all you do, right? Because a lot of people that do Amazon FBA do books. And so restricted books happens, but not as often as RA. RA, it's like, especially if you're newer, there's a lot of stuff that's restricted. And even myself, this last time when I went sourcing at, I call this the retail store that should not be named, Target. There were things that I was 100% ungated for last year. Gated, gated, gated. And had I not used, you know, I didn't use, I have both Scout IQ and I have Profit Bandit and I have Scoutly. And I guess right now I'm just trying to, you know, figure it out. But had I not used, let's say, Profit Bandit, which I know it's not as good as the others, but it does the job for me. And it told me that things were restricted. I would have sourced a bunch of stuff, gone home and been miserable and lost a lot of time. So Scout IQ doesn't tell you if something's restricted? Not to my knowledge. Hmm. I tried it. Now, if I'm wrong, let me know. If there's something in the settings, I want to learn. Yes, Orlando doesn't know. And I'm okay with it. I'm always okay with that. Now, let's go back to what we were talking about. Okay, we're talking about inventory lab. So here's a big difference. If you've been using the Amazon Seller Central, right? The way you do it is you get those old, you know, those labels, the one by two, five slash eight labels. And you have to label everything, right? If you do it on inventory lab, the moment you scan it, and here's the thing, if you have a scanner, you can use your wireless scanner with your computer if it has Bluetooth and it'll instantly scan it. And you set up, you know, your how much you paid for it, the price, and then it'll print all the labels. So you can get, you only touch the items, let's say once, right? If you're doing it the other way with Amazon Seller Central, you may use it, you may be touching your items once. And there's somebody, I can't remember, there's this, he was, he was a great reseller and he used to do a lot of YouTube, but he used to say, the less you touch items when you're reselling, the better it is. And I 100% agree with that. I think with FBA, you should only touch it once at the store, twice when you're prepping it, and only, I mean, twice meaning that should be your second time, and third when you're putting it in the box, and that's the last time you should touch it. If you're touching any more than that, you're losing time. And maybe it should be less. Maybe it should just be, you source it OA, it goes to the prep center, and you never touch it. And it just goes to Amazon. But again, we're only talking about what we know. So I don't want to go down that road because I don't know. Maybe I will know soon. Maybe I should know. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. All right. Let's talk about MUA. MUA. MUA or VAs or helpers. They're all in the same world. Or assistants. Or assistants. Employees. (laughs) They're helpers. We always go back and forth with this. 
But I'm th- this goes again to two podcasts ago with hiring a housekeeper to see housekeeper helper. None of them are employees. Yeah, but but you're a housekeeper. You wouldn't call them. Yeah, my helper's coming over to clean my house. Maybe I would. Maybe I would. I don't know. I just feel like helpers is such a weird antiquated. It's it's not even it's not even antiquated. Listen it's to like, there's a if you listen to every other reseller that I've listened to that does hires helpers, it's always helpers on eBay. Hey, I'm not saying that that's and, and maybe there's a good reason. Like maybe it's for like tax reasons. We call them helpers. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I just figured that's what I'm gonna call her. I just think. I mean, the only other thing I can think of if someone's called a helper is like Santa's helpers. Like I can't think of anything else. It's like. It's a helper. I'm a helper. So You're a helper. <laughs> Thanks for being my helper. Santa's helper. All I can think of is Will Ferrell right now. With Elf. With Elf. That's all I can think of right now. When you mentioned Santa's helper, which is like one of the most quotable movies of all time. One of the best movies of all time. You sit on a throne of lies. Okay. All right. So I hesitated for so long to get a helper. Now we're talking about tools, but you know this is. I guess I feel wrong calling a helper a tool, <laughs> but, but it, it falls in this category. Yeah, I mean, I called I called our mind a tool, so I think we understand that tool is just something that you know helps with okay. what you're doing. So I hesitated for so long, and one of the reasons is no one will run your business better than you do, in the sense that no one will do things as well as you want it done. And I will say that is true. Even with my helper right now, there's still stuff that. I'm like, uh, I probably would have done it this way, but I'm like, hey, it's all good. And the stuff is still selling. So I'm not as worried. Now, if it's really bad, then obviously, you know, you retrain and, and you go, hey, this is how it should be done. But, you know, I, I was always worried about, you know, the cost, right? So let's say, let's say you're in California, right? What's minimum wage in California? I don't know, too much. Too much. Let, yeah. let, well, I think it's like $12. I think some places is 15 right? Let's say you decide to pay your helper $15 an hour. Okay. If that helper can through Mua, which is a multi-user access account that eBay has, I used to use Inkfrog for that, but now I don't use Inkfrog anymore because Mua does the job. And that helper is able, now you got to make sure you source items that are worth it too. If you're sourcing a bunch of items that are not making a lot of money, I don't know. I don't know. Some people might disagree with me. But for me is pretty much everything I source, I try to make $50 or more on. Okay. Now I do have bulk buys where I have a bunch of other items that I sell for $30 or under. And that's because they're bulk buys and I'm okay with that. But let's say this individual is able to source 10 items that are $50 a piece, right? That you're going to make. You're clearing 50, right? So you're talking about 500, you're going to make $500 and you're going to be spending 150, not 150. You're going to be spending $15 to crank that $500. To me, the cost benefit is 100% there mm. every single time. If you paid them more, it's still there. So it's just something to think about. And also understand if you get a helper, like I said before, you got to spend the time. Somebody had mentioned, I think Rally Roots, I said this at one point, that the moment you get somebody, like you bring on a helper, like your production gets cut in half or something. Something like that. And I agree because... You're spending all that time training, but once things get cranking, it is so worth it. Yeah, it's 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 uh, an investment, right? You're putting in effort up front. It's initial investment, and then in the long run, it pays off. It's like I even figured that was planning your day, right? I spend 
usually 15 minutes or so with a map and not a map, a calendar in front of me, a map, I guess, kind of too, like a to-do list. And I'm kind of mapping out my day, right? Like what's the day going to look like? What am I going to do first? What do I need to do? What are my priorities? And I'm losing 15 minutes in the morning. Like I could already be sending emails. I could have had five emails sent. And instead I'm writing a, a note, like check my emails, send emails at this time, right? But then over the course of the day, it pays off significantly because I know what I'm doing, when I'm doing it. And I make, I save way more than 15 minutes. Same thing with production on that. You hire somebody to come in to help you. You've got to train them. So there might be a week of lull where you're down a little, but then after that, you're going to have multiple weeks of a lot more than you lost, right? So it mm -hmm. pays for itself in the long run. So as we always say, somebody suggested we should make sure it's just something to think about. So you might be right. <laughs> you might be right. Do it for the algorithm. Decoy. It's something decoy. Are we going to do a Doug decoy shirt? Yeah, we should have a Doug decoy shirt. We need like, I still have my Amazon. We need, I'm account. sure at least one of our listeners is like very creative and like, either draws or is like a graphic designer we need one of you guys to like send in some like some some cool graphic designs for us that'd be awesome help us design some stuff for for pure awesome podcast and you'll we'll, we'll credit you um if we use any of it that'd be awesome i just i would love to like have you know like i don't know something of us or like a duck decoy or i don't know it'd be cool <laughs> something of us. like a characters like characters of mike and orlando that'd be sweet no that reminds me when i was a teacher Students, I had on my wall, yep. I had an entire wall of caricatures of me doing something. Yep. Right? Did you get that too? Oh, yeah. I love them. I always, me you too. know, some of them I was like a dictator, some mm -hmm. of them, you know, but it's flattery. Like, yep. hey, you took the time to draw me? That's intense. All right. So, sourcing, listing, don't make time your enemy, right? Think about the things we're sharing because these are the items that we're using to make sure that we're not losing time, but instead, using time to our advantage. And before we move on to our hustles of the week, we have no soundboard for hustle of the week yet, huh? Not yet. I need to make one. Okay. I will make one. I got an idea for one. I love the, the bolo sound. Yeah. It had this 80s kind of sound to it. It's not 80s. You're, you, you're only thinking 80s. I wasn't the only one. No, look at, there's somebody that commented the same. Somebody said it kind of sounded like Ghostbusters, but that was like oh, the That's 80s. But yeah, but it's, it's not 80s synth though. Like 80 synth has a very specific sound to it. It just sounded 80s. That's all I'm saying. So. You might be right. <laughs> you might be right. All right. Hey, if you haven't had a chance and you're listening to the podcast, please jump on over to YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that bell button to be notified. Is it is a bell button? Yeah. Okay. To be notified whenever we drop anything on YouTube that is outside of the podcast. And we are also on social media. We are Pureso Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram. I don't know why I paused. And on TikTok. I'm trying to not make time my enemy, but making this go long. And on Twitter, we are Pureso Cast. If you want to give us a call with any ideas, we are 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You can reach us by email i was looking for mike to do the little little phone thing not today okay thanks uh appear as a podcast at gmail.com we appear as a podcast at gmail.com man man i'm just it's just a rough one today it's rough and hey by the way when you're talking about planning for your day what's the first thing you did in the morning well it should be make your bed 100 percent. i've been making my bed yeah how's that feel feels good Good, I did it for a long time, but it feels good to come back. I think people need to like write a little comment in the YouTube saying, we're proud of you, Orlando, making your bed, big steps. 
You know what that? You know what I feel like right now. <laughs> you ever watch the Office episode when Holly was new, and they they told him that that Kevin <laughs> was like you know wasn't up to speed, uh-huh. and she kept treating him like he wasn't up to speed. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now. I feel like Kevin. All right. I feel like everybody's gonna be Holly, and I'm Kevin in this whole thing. All right. So, <laughs> do you remember that episode? I do. That was like, don't you go treating him like that. He doesn't know any better. All right. Okay. So with that said, hey, our next level up book review, Make Your Bed by Animal William H. McRaven. I like it. So link is down below. It's also on our Instagram bio. I'm excited about this book. I'm motivated. So definitely follow us. First episode drops the 20th of October. And last of all, if you ever want to say thank you in a monetary way, appreciate the you know consistent donations really helpful to us. There's a link below, and uh, just want to say thank you to everyone out there who follows, who listens, who's been with us since day one, even through the rough episodes. And I'm not talking about one or two. We've had rough episodes, maybe in the last latter fifty. Have we? I don't know. There's there's some that don't get listened to as much as the others. Yeah, but I don't know if that makes it rough. Like I, I think there are rough episodes, but but people don't know before they listen to it whether it's bad or not, right? Like so, oh, okay, or or maybe, or maybe somebody. You know, it's funny because sometimes, you know, we read comments that are made out in the internet about Pierce podcast. Sometimes things come across, and like I wonder if anybody goes like, "Yeah, I don't know about those guys." You know, I just wonder. But do appreciate all the reviews. We keep getting awesome reviews on. On iTunes. Yeah, that's big. We really appreciate that. That's like the number one thing you can do for us is send us a review. 100%. Okay. Are you ready for the hustles of the week? Let's do it. All right. Well, you're starting. All right. So uh, first one comes from Eric. The IG handle is at grind by sell. So Eric and his wife went to a place called Plato's Closet to check out a 90% off clearance clothing. Uh, <clears throat> Plato's Closet? Have you gone to Plato's Closet? No. Is that a thing? Is there one around? Do you know what that is? No. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is new to the podcast. So Plato's Closet is, it's like a upper end thrift store. Okay. Do they have them around here? They do. There's one actually like right by the mall where where we're at. Oh, okay. So it's it's very designer. It's supposed to be very kind of not bougie, but like hip and cool. Like Hmm. it's not, and it's supposed to have only those kinds of items in there. So I have a lot of Nikes in there, a lot of Patagonia, a lot of, and I haven't been there a long time because I really didn't think there's a lot of money to be made and the returns may be different, but there's some good money. Maybe, maybe we should just go check out Plato's yeah, Closet. Especially once. after this, uh, after this. Yeah, let's this talk hustle. about it. So, uh, so he's focused on this pair of boots and had been thinking about these pair of boots for over two months. That's a long time to be looking at something. That's what he said. Right. So for a couple of months, I've been thinking about picking up these boots, decides to pick them up, picks them up for $45. Uh, is it, are they Chanel combat boots or channel combat boots? I'll double check, but it was, it was typed up as channel, as Chanel, as Chanel. But you know what? While you keep reading, I will confirm. All right. So we'll call it, we'll, we'll assume Chanel. So picks up a pair of Chanel combat boots for $45, listed them at 12 a.m. You're out hustling early, early morning, late night, whichever one you want to think about that. Chanel. Chanel. All right. There we go. And took an offer of $1,400 within 12 hours. So by noon of the same day, you picked up these boots 
listed them, sold them. $1,400 you picked up for $45. And just think, for two months. Now, at 90% off, you still could have picked them up at full price and made a killing. True. But here's the thing. How many of us would have paid $45 for a pair of boots? Well, Chanel. I don't know. I, I, I even, I don't know myself. I, would I look at them and go, ah, oh, those are probably fake or it's too risky. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's maybe. just me. But again, $45, if you have the capital and you want to take the risk, well, Eric got it right. Yeah. And he got it right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So awesome. And, uh, you know, I've been following and he has a lot of good info. He has a lot of good sales. So check him out, Eric, at Grind Buy Sell on Instagram. $1,400. I have items right now that are listed that high. I just want them to sell. Yeah. That's the thing. You're like, you get these, you source them, you're like, yeah. But it doesn't mean anything until it sells. So, all right. I got one from Josh, IG handle, come up champ. Nice. And his avatar is Uncle Buck. I like that. I love Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck doesn't play games. Hey, hey, do you remember Uncle Buck? I'm too young for that. Are you serious? You're missing out, man. Uncle Buck does what he wants. So I, I, I'm assuming that what you're saying is a, a reference that people will get and think it's funny. So no, it's not a reference. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no Uncle Buck. It's just hilarious, and like no one messes with him. And he just, anyways, it's a heartwarming, I think it's late 80s, early 90s movie. It's great. All right. So he went to a garage sale and he picked up a bunch of toys at a garage sale. He-Man toys, Thundercats, Tonka, Superman. Like, think about that. Like, how often do you see all of that together? It was kind of like, you remember that show VH1? Remember the 80s? Uh Uh-huh. Do you remember that? No. Okay. All right. Never mind. So. At the bottom one of the bags was a Kermit the Frog. I almost did the Kermit voice, but I'm not going to go there. Yeah, don't do that. No, no? Okay. So after breaking everything down, he paid about $1.66 for this Kermit the Frog beanbag plush. And he sold it for $200 plus shipping. That's nice. Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Like current like Muppet stuff is something I do not pick up or I don't really? even look up. I've I've done I've picked up a few Muppets. That's true. I have a couple. Well. Really? Yeah. I try to remember. It was like one of your hustles a week. Yeah. One of those weeks. I had uh Rizzo the Rat. The Rizzo, <laughs> Rizzo the Rat. Yeah. I think it was cool. I didn't want to I didn't want to sell it. It was super cool, but I sold it because you know, money. <laughs> there you go. It's a thing. But you know, actually he has a video on his feed about all the stuff he picked up and it's pretty cool. It has Castle Grayskull. You know what Castle Grayskull is? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. See, you're not that young. I mean, I know about some old stuff. Okay. So, so anyways, check out Josh come up champ on Instagram. He actually has a video of all the stuff he had on that haul in his feed. So nice work. All right. What cool. about the next one here? All right. So we got one coming from Alexis. IG handle is uh, underscore at dot Zaragoza uh, founder an, on offer up. Someone is selling a bunch of ring doorbell systems for $80 each. They retail for about 500. So sold five units immediately for 250 plus shipping and decided to sell low to reinvest in buying more already sold seven and going to buy eight more. So that's a good way of, Hey, you might not have the capital to, to buy all of them that you want, but if you buy what you can, Mm-hmm. Go for the fast nickel to go get the rest. That's a good way of, of making it work. 
So could you have made more off of each of those items? Yeah, maybe, right? But if that's the method that works for you, that's a genius, right? Sell them quick, get that capital, go buy more, and then in the long run, you'll make more than you could have given the amount of initial capital that you had. Agreed. Then you just grow your capital. And maybe then you can go from fast nickel, fast nickel to slow dime, yep. right? Because now you have the time to wait. But those are that's that to me is awesome. Like if you look at all these three, they all sourced items from different places, right? You had Plato's Closet, Offer Up, right? And then you had Come Up Champ from a Garage, garage Sale. sale. Yep. And all killer hustles of the week. Yeah. Good job, guys. Right. So, hey, thanks so much, Alexis. Uh, Man, I'm just excited. And he has, (laughs) he said he's going to buy more. And this is somebody that he networked with, which he may get even more electronics from. So again, networking, 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 big deal. All right. What's your hustle of the week? Um, Mine is an interesting one. I went garage sales. So today's Saturday. Um, We're recording this early. Um, I didn't do great at garage sales and we'll talk more about it on our next update episode. We'll talk about some of our garage sales. Um, but I ended up saying, you know what, I'm not going to let today just suck and not make any money because I, I literally didn't pick up anything other than some stuff that was for free, um, which isn't worth much. Garage sales were a waste. So I said, you know what, instead on my way home, I'm going to stop at like as many thrift stores as I can that's on my route home. And I did. And I picked up a bunch of stuff at thrift stores and I ended up doing really well with shoes today. So I picked up uh a pair of Allbirds and a pair of uh, Morel shoes that are both my size. So I don't know if I'm going to be getting rid of those or oh, not. No, but but wait a second, that's my problem, not yours. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not collecting them. These are like you know I'm going to have to buy shoes anyways. But so and and Allbirds at one point was one of my bolos, right? And so finding a nice pair in a in a thrift store was great. True. And at that same thrift store, I picked up a pair of Doc Martens and Allen Edmonds. Now, how much did you pay for those? Now I ha- I had to pay up. I paid it was between eight to ten dollars each, so it wasn't like okay. the greatest deals. But I'm still going to end up probably netting like twenty to thirty dollars off of each of those. So going from a day of I wouldn't have made anything to I decided to stop into the thrift store and those Allen Edmonds I might make closer to like sixty dollars on, and the Doc Martens I might be able to make like forty or fifty dollars on. Mm-hmm. So there's money to be made there. And so I guess the reason why it's hustle the week is instead of giving up. I, I wasted that morning, but I was like, you know, I'm still garage sale time is done. The golden hour is over, but now thrift stores are opening up. I'm going to go hit those up before I go home and eat a nice uh, biscuits and gravy breakfast with my nice. family. No, uh, per- persistence is huge, huge. And again, it's, you know, we'll read this in our level up review, right? Don't ring that bell, right? Yeah. You just kept going. You just kept going. You just kept going. And sometimes that's what it takes. Even with garage shows. Because in the end, you end up basically in this place where like, I'm not going to give up and you find it and it's worth it. You know, it doesn't always happen that way. But I got to tell you, nine out of 10 times when I've been persistent like you, I've ended up scoring like you did. So that was good. Thank you. Nice. What about you? All right. So mine today, I just, it's kind of crazy. So today was a good garage sale day. And it's funny, Mike, Mike and I, I don't know how, but we end up in different garage sale worlds, right? I don't know why we, every once in a while we'll end up at the same one, but it seems recently he'll go to one and I'll go to a completely different one. Now, I woke up this morning, it was kind of tough to get up. I got to tell you, I've, not that I resent going garage sales, I just, and Mike says, I, I go I go to bed too late and that's true. I'm a two, three in the morning kind of person. 
And then when it's, when I have my kids back, I have to get up at six and take them to school. And yeah, you know, my schedule's pretty much off, but I still make my bed. Now I got up and this garage sale was 45 minutes. This was a community garage sale. It was 45 minutes away. And I haven't gone to a far away one in a long time. So I go and I show up and it's, you know, when you go to those garage, community garage sales and it's like a madhouse, right? You instantly feel like you're going to lose, right? Do you feel that way? Yeah. I, I, I go and I'm like, oh no, like I got here too late because I showed up half an hour after it was supposed to start. Well, I'm going through and these, these individuals are selling a bunch of vans and these are samples and some of them aren't samples. Some of them are just vans shoes that were maybe they're you know they're one-offs or maybe whatever reason they had a bunch of van shoes but they look pretty awesome like and here's my thing with shoes i'm not a sneakerhead at all i just buy shoes that look unique and i've I've always shared that that i will pick up sports shoes i will pick up disney themed shoes i'll pick up whatever looks unique and so i picked these up i picked up a bunch of them the first pair was a pair of vans there are Vans, NASA collaboration or something. And they were selling them for $25 and there was no negotiation. It was a garage sale. And I, I bundled a bunch of van shoes. The guy's like, nope, nope. I'm like, how about, nope. How about if I buy all of them? Nope. Like just no. And I, and I will tell you, there was a point where I was like, whatever, dude, I'm walking away. But again, emotions, you can't let emotions drive what you do. And so I'm like, you know what? There's money in these shoes. I'm going to pay up. Maybe this is a networking opportunity. So I pick up those, those, those vans, NAS, NASA, N-A-S-A. I may be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, the shoes go for about $150, $180, right? So I paid $25, and that's a nice flip. The other shoes I bought, I knew I thought I'd be able to sell them for $50 to $60, maybe $70, $80, you know, depending. Because I always, I do really good on factory sample stuff. And I know this is a Bolo episode, but if there's ever samples, the reason that samples do well for me is because you can't get them anywhere. They're not in production. And so people want those special items. I think now more than ever. So I pick up all these shoes and you know, the DMs are coming in and like, those are awesome shoes. Wow. Look at those shoes. Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like, yeah, they were sweet shoes. But I really didn't know what I had. So I go to eBay and I check the comps and there's no comps for my shoes. Well, then I decided to go to Terapeak and I go to Terapeak and there's a couple of these shoes. They're called Vans X former style shoes. And I looked them up on Terapeak and there's one that pair that sold for 110, one sold that for 150 and so on. Right now on eBay, there's a couple, no bids, but they're, there's the bids are starting at over a hundred dollars. I'm like, wow. Like I, these shoes. So I, I bought, I think three pairs of these, the NASA ones. I think I bought, I bought seven pairs of shoes in total. If I sell each of them for a hundred a piece, I'm talking about five to $600 net just on those shoes at the least. And this was a stop that I thought I was going to lose that I showed up too late. Now I do have major FOMO. Like what did I miss out on before? But here's the thing. By the time I bought these shoes, it was 7.45 in the morning. All these people had gone through and not picked up these shoes. So again, persistence, right? Because you never, never know, right? So that is my hustle of the week. I like it. I, I'm, I'm definitely happy about it. And I will update once they sell. It's good stuff. All right. So 
ready to get back. Last, last part, um, shipping. Shipping. So shipping's an interesting one because you can lose a lot of time in shipping. A lot of time. I would say you could lose more time shipping than enlisting and sourcing if you're not careful. Yep. Right. And the first thing I'll say is space. You need space to be efficient with your time shipping. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I can't remember. It's been a little while now since we did our last uh, last Make Time Your Enemy episode, but wasn't that part of that, the shipping space and, and procedure? like Part of it was. I mean, because the last one we talked about was... <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit about that. But what I mean by space is, if I 100% agree, and maybe we'll repeat ourselves, that you need an organized and dedicated space. Right. Yeah. Cause we, well, we talked about inventory. We talked about getting to shipping supplies really fast, but I think what happens if you have a cluttered space and a space that is, things are all over the place. One, you're not going to be as motivated Two, you're going to lose a lot of time and you're going to go, well, you know what? I'm going to use this item instead of this. And then you're going to find another item. And then you're like, Oh, maybe I need to repack this. And you're going to lose a lot of time. Right. Or you need that box resizer. And you're like, where is this box resizer? Or, you know, you start trying to jerry-rig boxes, right? Which in the end, you might have had that box had you just been more organized about it. So that's kind of what I'm talking about when, when I'm talking about, you know, making sure that you have space. And the other thing is, I've noticed this and I know, I remember I talked about my kitchen cabinets and how I had yeah. items on top of my kitchen cabinets. Okay, so my house got kind of crazy where I had stuff everywhere. So I had a babysitter that was coming and my house was in shambles. And I had the housekeeper come in, I think, the day before. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this place really clean. You know, and we talked about this last time, cleaning for the housekeeper, but also was cleaning, you know, because, you know, I don't want people to go like, oh, this place is, you know, this place is crazy. But man, I will tell you, when I cleared out all that space, man, did I do things a lot faster? Because I, I, I didn't feel this constant like, oh, I have to sort through this or I got to clean this up. I got to move through this. No, things were ready to go. I was able to move. And that space definitely allowed me to make efficient use of my time. My time. So space is very important. Because to me, overall, if you don't have that space set up, you're going to be in trouble. And yeah, you're right. We did talk about shipping last time. So knowing where your supplies are, planning ahead, have standard ways to ship. But we didn't talk about just having that space and having that space cleared. So huge. Right? Because I know there's no resellers out there that have messes. It's just me. Right? I think it's just you. Just me. Okay. Yeah. All right. We all keep it clean. <laughs> no, that's I'm not true. I'm sure. I'm sure. Every, listen, I can't tell you how many. There's only a couple of resellers I can tell you. I've been to their place and it's like spectacular. Right? So quick ship, quick who we interviewed is one of them. But even them, they have messes when they have do a lot of sourcing. But again, it's so, so key. Now, the other thing is we're going to, it may get a little controversial. Printers. Why would it get controversial? I don't know. Cause I'm not a hundred percent sold. So weird. Yeah. You need, you need a, you need a, a, a dymo. The reason or, or not. Well, necessarily I do a have a dymo. Okay. Not necessarily a dymo. You need to have a, a, um, what's the thermal printer. The reason why I agree with the thermal printer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So I don't think that's it. Shouldn't be controversial in the sense that 
the reason you should have one is not only is it going to save you time, but it's going to save you a ton of money in the long run because the labels are so cheap and you're never paying for ink. Mm -hmm. So I agree. And not only that, so not only are you dealing with the, the labels itself, so you're not having to cut labels out. You're not using any tape to tape labels on. You're not having to buy special paper. I mean, I guess technically the, the labels are special paper, but they're it's so relatively inexpensive that you can also get smaller labels. You can the, the those printers can print at different sizes. It's not just the you know four by six or whatever the standard size is. You can get smaller ones that you can use as you know for your scanner, and you can make put it on boxes, put it on, and now you're doing your inventory. And it's just it's such an easy thing to do. I mean, I've even considered making. Um, because anything that you set up in black and white, you can print on mm -hmm. those. So like, I want to make like a thing that I'll stick on boxes that say like, we recycle boxes, you know, just so that it looks like when people get the most random stuff. I mean, there were times I was shipping things in something that said like raw chicken on the box. And I'm like, they're going to think this is weird, right? Just send it. Save your time. Don't make time your enemy. No, but I mean, but you're not making time enemy. If you, if you design a, a label like that and you print out 50 of them and you just have them in a stack and it's literally two seconds to slap one on and it says like, help us recycle. Then you're going to get instead of the potential, like th as soon as they get it, they're like, ugh. no one has ever cared. Yeah. But that's the thing is you don't know for sure that nobody's ever cared. They might not have said that, but, and, and I'm not saying it has to be that sticker, but like, it could be anything. It could be something that goes on the, the thing that says like, thanks for ordering with us or your store name. If you're selling on Poshmark, it could be like, your your closets because we talked about like you're building a brand so instead of buying stickers or buying whatever you can print out black and white ones on a thermal printer for so cheap and never use any ink boom stick it on and that we got that when we got the the reezy uh thing. yeah no i got that and actually uh the floridian picker had when he does fba stuff he'll he'll print like the website to print the manuals for things that he sends in that it's boom, used stick it on and boom stick it on. i agree with that the the, the part that i i hesitate on and again, appreciate the comments below is of all the things that you should drop money on. Like, I think number one, if you're going inkjet, yes, get rid of the inkjet, destroy your inkjet, get yourself a laser or get yourself a thermal printer. But as far as time saving, time saving to me, the time saving isn't as much. It's huge. I know. What okay, you, so, I've seen, and I get if you're buying special paper that like is peel off, right? Yeah, that's that's what I use. But I've seen so many people who literally are cutting. Oh no, no, that taping. should that 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 agree. That is such a waste of time. Now, even still, so I don't know. I mean, there's ways you could probably make an ink one work, but replacing ink, making sure you have enough ink, buying the ink, like there's, I feel, and it's fast. Like if you're if you're batch printing. Right. Even if you've got a really fast uh, laser printer, you can batch print enough receipts. Let's say you get 40 Poshmark sales in. My Dymo can print out 40 in under a minute. Right. Probably like 30, 40 seconds, less than a second each. If you're sitting in front of a printer, it might take much longer to get that. I mean, it's time. It's time saving for sure. But in comparison to everything else we've talked about, I think it's on the least now. I, you know, my perception is there's this kind of keep up with the Joneses, like you got to have a Rolo and you got to have that. Now, if it's going to be good for your business and you can afford it, go for it. That's all I'm saying. But if you got to, you know, find other things that are going to save you a lot more time, like having a phone that scans faster or is able to research and doesn't die on you, that's more important as long as you don't have an inkjet. Okay. So as long as you have a laser printer or above. 
right? Having a scanner, having the inventory, having a helper. Like to me, all those things save you a ton more time than a thermal printer. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I think most people are, before they hire a helper, are going to be getting at a place where they can get, spend $115 on a, on a, yeah, but I think the ROI on hiring a helper is far more than a thermal printer. But it's, it doesn't even compare. Well, yeah, having the ROI on owning a warehouse and operating all of that is far more than having a thermal printer too, right? Yeah. But like, usually it's steps. Like, I I highly doubt somebody's getting to the place where they're hiring assistants to help them with their business, but haven't moved to a place where they can afford a... Uh, a Dymo printer. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I have a Dymo. The reason I got the Dymo was because I got Inventory Lab. And I, I would have gotten a Zebra printer, but at the moment, it was kind of like one of those things where I just needed something and I got the Dymo. I'm more of a Zebra guy just because in the past. But again, I like, as for instance, I would get a Zebra over a Rolo because a Zebra is a lot more mobile than a Rolo. Rolo yeah, I use Rolo. Yeah, Rolo has two parts to it though, right? No. Doesn't have that second back piece? Mm-mm. No? No, it flips up. Just flips up, but don't you have to feed it? You you literally lift it up, put the, the paper in, and close it. Then I am wrong, as always. And we'll leave it at that. It's like super easy. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just look at the costs and I'm like, you can get a lot more done with the zebra. That's it. That's what, I'm what is the zebra? And, and I'm just curious, what does the zebra do that a Rolo doesn't? Because you said it does a lot more, a lot more done than like you can take it. You get, like I feel, I feel it's it's not it, like it's like this. It's a lot. If you're listening to podcasts, it's a lot more compact. It's all together. I'll go show you my Rolo. No, I've seen it. It's, it's tiny. I know, I've seen it. It's like the size of this thing. Okay. Well, you're pretty passionate. That like zebra. Well, better, I know. So. I'm more. No, I'm more passionate. I'm more passionate about make sure you put your money in what's going to save you the most amount of time. That's all. That, that that's where I'm at. So if you believe it's gonna be the Rolo, then get the Rolo. Well, any any I would say any thermal printer, right? I'm not gonna push a brand. I'm just saying, at some point as you're growing, Rolo yet. No, as you're growing in in your business, you're gonna get to a place where you're gonna need a thermal printer. It's gonna save you a ton of time, hands down. I mean, you're you're probably still gonna have a laser printer for different things that you're printing out, but you're gonna save so much time with a Rolo or with a Dymo or with a Zebra as opposed to just printing on a regular printer. Yeah. You'll save time. Again, and we're killing this. We're going <laughs> to... Let's move on. All right. So basically, Orlando's point is it's okay, but it's not really that worth it. My point is it's worth it. Yeah. I agree. I mean, wherever we land, we land. Okay. Other things. These are very basic ones. Uh tape dispenser <laughs> i bring this up because sometimes you know you you go to costco and you buy that 12 pack and you get that tape dispenser have you ever tried using that one Mm-mm. okay well you shouldn't it's terrible but again if if you're wanting to scale like when you first start reselling now the advantage that mike has that many new sellers doesn't is that mike right away like i said hey you shouldn't use this you shouldn't use that i didn't talk to him about tape dispensers though but if you're new and you're just trying to figure things out, you're like, hey, why do I need this? Like, why do I need this tape dispenser? Or why do I need a scale, right? I could just use my bathroom scale. And I know people that have done Amazon with the bathroom scale, right? But it's not super accurate. And what if the scale doesn't work? 
And one thing we haven't talked about is just very simple, like printing labels for eBay at home. Like that's a huge time saver. So uh, let's go very back to basics. If you're not doing that at home, printing your eBay labels, one, you're losing money possibly. If you don't have, if you have an eBay store, you can save money. If you're a top rated seller, you'll save more money. And two, the time that you spend going to the post office and trying to get a label at the post office, such a huge waste of time. I'm telling you, just try it a few times, print out at home. It's going to revolutionize your life. Did you ever do that? The post office thing? Yeah. When I right. first started. And then everything changed, right? Once you started. Yeah. And you never would go back. So anyways, I, to me, I feel like we, we, there's some things we expect that everyone already does, but if you're out there, I highly encourage you to print your labels off of eBay. Always. All right. So I think we've covered a lot here. Right. And I think, I think we're on the same page for pretty much everything. Yeah. So hopefully you found this helpful. And again, if you disagree, I'm all good with that. And Mike's okay with that too. And you know, we're always welcome to ideas. We're always welcome to learn. We're all learning all across this journey. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.